0: people and welcome to the third episode of the Two Half show. Joining me again this week is Usama Sadiq after the first episode appearance. Usama, how you been bro? How's your week been?
1: Yeah, I'm good, I'm good man. Uh, week's been a bit tough after yesterday's performance. But yeah, I'm good to be back uh, and I'm happy to be back too For
0: Yeah, now good, good, good. We'll definitely be speaking about that on the agenda this week. We will be going over that game last night, what it means for Manchester United now going forward. Liverpool discussing all the issues that they're facing and how do they get back to challenging this season. Also, we've got some news from the NBA today actually that KD and the Nets have agreed to continue their partnership going forward this season. The Nets running it back again this season with KD, Ben Simmons and Kyrie, maybe, maybe not. We'll see on that one. We'll also be discussing the AJ result against Usyk and what that means for AJ now. How does he move forward with this? usama big game last night. Yes, it was. I'm a United big game. fan. You're a Liverpool fan. Mm. You must not be feeling great after last night. Your head was hot last night. But, um, thoughts on the game uh, after you've had like a day to, to look back on, on it now.
1: Yeah. To be honest, I'm still so fuming. Uh, I think more about the performance from the team than anything to be fair. I thought uh, United started off really first 20, 30 minutes. They were pressing, they've got a lot of energy. Um, and then, yeah, I think we just played into their hands. Like I think Jamie Carragher said on um, Punditry, Liverpool weren't even ready for the derby, even though it's not a derby, but it's like they weren't ready for the fight, itself. off. And being a Liverpool fan throughout my life, I'm, I'm surprised to see how Klopp set his team up them not to be ready they're always i think for the past couple of seasons have been really good in terms of starting off well pressing teams from the start but this looked like something way different compared to how they start previously yes
0: yeah. i think for me like as a united fan for that game I, I agree with the energy point that you were making um from the united point of view i think a big part of the energy was because of the atmosphere at old Trafford. it yeah. was one of the best atmospheres i've seen at old Trafford in a long time but Specifically because of uh, the anti Glazer movement yesterday, mm. the maybe the Casemiro unveiling, the fans were just up for the game. Yeah, uh, but it was it was beyond the game. Like even saw so, even after we were scoring, like the, the chance were well, anti Glazer yeah. chance. It wasn't just like celebration. So it was, it was the energy last night fed from the fans to the players. You can really tell uh, from a tactical point of view. It, it, they say that in derby games, it's very difficult to to analyze them tactically because sometimes that goes out of the window. And I think yesterday was an example of tactical instructions kind of going out of, of the window. Klopp made a very good point before the game that they had the right preparation mm. for, the, for the United game yeah. because obviously we played you in preseason, and he kind yeah. of already saw how Ten Hag wanted to set his team up. And we saw that, in my opinion, from, from the front foot. You know, we were pressing, we were, we were making, making the defenders' life difficult. We didn't give Liverpool's mm. defenders time of the ball. I, w- I want your opinion... We're gonna we're gonna talk about Liverpool specifically as a team and how they move forward in a bit. But I want your opinion on Trent. Now, you know my thoughts on him in comparison to someone like Rhys James, but I want to get your opinion. on These th- first three games, I've watched all of these games for Liverpool, and even for me, as someone who doesn't rate him as highly as other people, he just doesn't seem himself.
1: I think I don't know whether it's the preseason, whether he's had too much time off, but. Yeah, I think for him and Robertson, they've both not had the same stars, they would yeah, have. Yeah, Robertson, two that's season. two
0: games, I think, in a row now where he's come off for to, yeah. to make us. No,
1: nah, I think rightly so. They've, they've been having power performances. I think with Trent, because they've signed the youngster, Calvin R- Ramsey, but he's currently injured. Now, only backup you've got is either Joe Gomez or Milner. They were both playing, so you can't really do anything. And he needs that. I think with Trent, because he's always succeeded on, yeah, I'm always going to play. Like, there's no one that's going to be better than me at right-back position. He has that mm. tendency just to relax because um, there's no competition for places. Almost kind of uh, complacency. Yeah, yeah. there's no competition for places for him because he knows I'm I'm always going to start. I think with that, I think he needs to focus more because I think end of last season, sorry, uh, during the start of the th- last season, he was having a shocking performance. I think he got dropped out from the England squad and I think come February or late January time, that's when, oh, okay, you know, it hit him. He's like, oh, I'm actually not the best in the prime. I'm not the best in as an England... Like, he became right more competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. And, like, he actually started fighting for his place.
0: Do you think now... I say this because I'm, I'm looking at his performances for Forrest. Do you think if Nico Williams was still at Liverpool, that, that might have still given him push? Because, I'll be honest, mm. I didn't know how good Nico Williams was going to do at Forrest. But in the first three games, I've watched two yeah. of them live, he genuinely looks yeah. very, very good.
1: No, he's a very good player. Uh, defensively and offensively. He's got a good string of passes. Obviously, it's not the same as Trent, but at least it offers you something going forward. Now, I think with the money that Liverpool had uh, received from him, I think it's like a, a no-brainer to sell to your second right-back around £50 million. Yeah,
0: you you and guys always get good prices for your backup players, I to be fair. I think personally,
1: I think I would have loved for him to stay and like actually challenge Trent this year. Because last season, he had a really good loan spell at Fulham. And he was playing games ahead of the confirmed right-back, which was Tete. Yeah. And... Yeah, I think it'd be a good competition for Trent, but I think Trent just having that complacency, like you said, doesn't really help in the team because he knows, oh, I'm always going to start because I offer the creative side of Liverpool. But it's defensively where we always look weak on the right-hand side every time. Like, that's where most mm. teams target.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely true, especially on the back post. For me, the game, as a United fan, I feel like, as good as it feels and so on it's one of them where I want us to see us kick on it and kind of do that mm. in every game because sometimes against bigger teams, you can up your game. In terms of Liverpool after that game, I think it's very easy for people to overreact um, three points, two points after three games and, and kind of say, OK, that's it. And there's no title challenge. There's, But, but do you think it's probably too early? In my opinion, it's too mm. early. I think, I think in my opinion, it's always too early to judge any team, however good they're doing, like Arsenal or however bad they're doing, like Liverpool or United or Chelsea. Uh, until kind of the the ten game to fifteen game mark, I think that's when the kind of season starts to take shape. No, do you yeah. still do you think mm. it's still too early as a Liverpool fan? Or do you still have worries about what what could potentially uh, go say, wrong this season? Mm,
1: I wouldn't say it's too early. Um, I think reason being you always want to start one like because I think this is the worst start mm. Liverpool had in like ten in a decade to be fair. Mm. That's not really good. Uh, it just shows the consistency is really bad in terms of how Liverpool have started. I think you're right in the sense of it doesn't really matter because you've still got 35 games. Anything can happen. So you've still—it's not a worry yet. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you've got 35 games. You, you you know you're gonna drop points somewhere, but I think dropping it earlier on within the season, it kind of already gives your competitors or your contenders that mentality edge of oh we've got so and so points ahead of you. Like they they can have like a tendency oh. We draw this game. We've still got ten points. Yeah, five like points. The, the
0: gap starts to give them a bit of confidence. The gap to City is already now mm. at, at seven points, and and City would would be very happy with that result last night, especially that they yeah. would reckon that they drop points away to Newcastle. Mm. Um, how do they how do they study the ship? Because I've seen a lot of parallels now being drawn about Jurgen Klopp and the high energy football he wants to play, and how we've seen how that can kind of derail a season following a good season at Dortmund. We've seen it a couple of years ago at Liverpool where you won the league and then the next season you just about made fourth. Mm. Do you think that's a potential worry for this season after, you know, a season last season where you didn't win the, the major trophies but you still played a very, very high amount of games? Yeah.
1: I think with Liverpool, they always play a numerous amount of games compared to other teams within the Premier League. So obviously you've got the... Champions League and so on and like the cups, the squad that he has I think especially within midfield doesn't give him enough depth now if you look at a team that's starting in the season how do you have nine players injured at the start of the Premier League season? Now
0: that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, it's a very weird thing but, but is it more than just injuries I think I'm saying or do you think the injuries are related no, to I, the high I, physical demands that he brings? Do you think I, there's I think a relationship
1: may, there? May, maybe some of them like in terms of Thiago, Navigator. They always got muscular injuries maybe because of too much running or a burnout not getting enough days to rest compared to other teams within the table like Arsenal or uh, Leicester or someone like that. The burnout can be an issue because I think I was reading an article with uh, some Dortmund players I think Nuri Sahin Kagawa and another player stated that oh, they got a burnout after like, a couple of seasons with Klopp. I think the intensity that he puts on the players maybe it's a bit too much pressure for them to handle in terms of keeping their bodies to the best of their abilities and keeping it to... To a high standard. Yeah, to a high standard in a way, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think midfield is a very good point that you made. I think midfield was something that United and Liverpool had in common, that it was an area maybe that they wanted to look at strengthening. Yeah. I think, you know, Henderson, Milner is almost like the Fred McTominay, you know, good squad players, but we need someone there as a main starter. And that's the reason you obviously change your menu. Um and you know, he, he played an amazing game for for Real Madrid this weekend. There's still a week left in the window. Yeah. Do you think it's something that they need to kind of go for? There are midfielders available. Maybe not necessarily suiting Klopp style, but their arm midfielders is now available. There is one player in particular that I am genuinely worried that Liverpool will get. Are you think you're thinking? I don't know who you're <laughs> thinking, but uh, I'll I'll tell you, I'll let you know. I've been a fan of this player since twenty eighteen. It's Sergei milinkovic Savage. I think he is the absolute archetypal clock midfielder I've wanted him at United for years now I think he's he's, he's just a very complete player he does the yeah. defensive side the offensive side he's a very he's a box, quality passer yeah. his first touch I'll show you some videos of his first touch after, the, after this his first touch is genuinely for me the best in football for, for a guy Ooh. when you look at him you think this guy's okay. six foot plus a big player he's going to have a, like a donkey touch his first touch is silky smooth um, once. Okay. he's amazing yeah fully um, okay. I'm worried that he he's someone that you guys could go for, but but for you, what's what kind of midfielder do you want at, at Liverpool?
1: Obviously, you've got your hold in terms of Fabinho. Now I think it's more focusing on the centre mid, right and left. Primarily, I'd love to say Jude Bellingham, but I think Klopp's always pushed the right players not available. We're not going to push him. I Think Dortmund asking for a stupid price of 100 million, and like 30 million or something, which is. For an eighteen-year-old or nineteen-year-old, I think it's a lot of money, and maybe is he going to handle the pressure? He's got the quality there, but one hundred thirty million is where you want someone that's world class. Yeah, like and, and that's Modric, my
0: argument with yeah. you know what United are doing with Anthony. I think above a certain price, this player has to provide more to this squad mm. than three, four, five yeah. players can. Yeah. For me, that's only mm. match winners. You can only be a match winner that get that that has that price yeah. spent on them. Mm.
1: I think Casemiro is a, uh, a re- really good person. Casemiro,
0: Casemiro, obviously, like for 60 million, I think with Casemiro, it's, if he takes to the Premier League, he'll be great. If I ask you now, this is crazy. You know Casemiro, how many, how many games he's missed since he joined Madrid in, I think it's seven years now. Do you know how many games he's missed?
1: 43?
0: 18 games he's missed wow. in seven years. Pogba used to miss that a season. Wow. Like his, his injury record is amazing. Mm. I think that's the best thing about him. But for you guys... If I said to you, someone like Jude Bellingham obviously is an amazing talent. I think next summer you'll definitely be targeting him. But if I said to you now, probably someone around the fifty million pound mark, who you who you going for?
1: Two names I'd love to throw out there. The first one, I'm a huge fan of this player. Like I've, I've watched him from uh, a couple of seasons ago since his rise in Inter. Barella, I think this Ooh. guy is a quality player. I think he'd do really well. Um, he's suited for the Prem. He's suited to Klopp's style of play, and yeah, like he's a good. Player to have within the team, where he'd improve the players around him as well, just like the Thiago effect that he has with yeah. the midfield. A second, now uh, this one, He's I think got a lot of energy as well, yeah. He would suit
0: the club style, uh, uh, in that way.
1: Like at Euro 2020, this guy was bossing in midfield, him and Varati. And yeah, obviously, you've got Georgina playing behind, but yeah, I think second one, I think this one you might laugh at, uh, I think it's a dumb one, but I would take Frankie Deong in heartbeat. I, th- I honestly, I think this wow. guy is a quality player.
0: Do you think he suits your style, though?
1: I think he's similar to Barcelona.
0: Because, because I, I I'd, I'd disagree. I think the, one of the reasons he doesn't like the way he's being used at Barcelona is because it doesn't suit his he's, style. I think he mm. came out and said uh, in, on international duty that he enjoys playing for Holland more than Barcelona because they cater to his yeah, style more. Yeah,
1: like, I think with Barca, they want to push him more towards...
0: being an eight and he wants to be a six kind of thing where he links. Do you, don't you think that's a problem because you've got Fabinho there? No, but I think
1: Fabinho this season started off a bit tough um, in terms of not being fully matched foot and having some injury worries that Klopp's are saying. Because I, I was watching him during his breakout season at um, Ajax. Yeah, he was playing as a six, but you can always push him to an eight because got, he's got yeah. that quality around him. He's, he's a bit like Thiago. Thiago was a six at Bayern. But look at him now at Liverpool.
0: I haven't really thought about it, but like thinking out loud, I think it would be very interesting if you sign him and play... Change of system a little bit where you play Fabinho, Frankie as a pivot and then Cavallo as kind of the, the 10. I think that would be an interesting move. Um, it would mean it's a change of style with bringing in Frankie, but it, it, one thing on, on midfielders, and I think uh, you as a Liverpool fan, me as a United fan, I think this is the frustration for me this, this summer until we got Casemiro. Yeah. I don't believe this idea of there's no value in the market. There is value in the market. Yeah. It takes around 42 to 50 million pounds to get Melink Savage, an all round. Bin Nasser has a buyout clause of £42 million at AC Milan. There are top midfielders out there, even without doing a high level of scouting that you can sign. Caicedo from Brighton. I don't think they'd, yeah. you'd need, need to spend more than £40 million. I think a, a short-term option, let's assume that you'd go for Jude Bellingham next summer, a short-term option, Ward Prowse. I think he would fit in nicely. Like There are a yeah. lot of midfielders of different levels that clubs can go for. I, I don't believe this idea of no value.
1: Now, if you're Jurgen Klopp, you've got nine players uh, injured. You've got, I think, three to four that are midfielders. Would you wait for them to come back or would you push for a signing? I think
0: I push. I push for a sign in this, this window because I think even with them, when the players come back, there are question marks on the midfield from game to game. I don't think that midfield is perfect even with everyone fit. I think uh, options are always better.
1: I think you're right in that sense, but I think with Klopp, he's, he knows he's got two fixed positions that are always starting. Fabinho and Thiago, if they're fully fit, it's a third one now, he needs to decide who's going to play. And I think that's where we as Liverpool fans need to, because it could be an abicator, um, or it could even be Cavallo or Javier Elliott, someone young with energy. So it yeah, just depends the on... The fact
0: that he's having to kind of resort to them, yeah, youngsters in positions they're maybe not too comfortable with is... That's probably a question mark. It'll be interesting to see what Liverpool do in this final week. Um, I'm sure they will be getting someone. In, Hopefully I think, so. You know, three games, two points. It's a red flag for any team usually. So that'll be interesting to see um, who they bring in. Um, moving on. I think we are, we're going to kind of take the spectrum away from the Premier League uh, in itself as a whole. This week we've seen uh, an amazing amount of games um, across Europe um, and high scoring. PSG 7-1. By Munich, 7-0. Yeah. Barcelona winning, in the end, comfortably against uh, Real Sociedad, um, 4-1. So, it's a question that we've, we've had for a long time and, and people always compare leagues. And I've always found it unfair to compare leagues just in a general sense. Okay. I think the comparison has to be broken down in, in, in a number of different ways. I've highlighted three ways that I think we can compare uh, Leagues by but are, are kind of interesting in their own way so what i want to hear from you summer, the bundesliga the premier league league and syria and la liga yeah i want you first of all to give me your comparison of these or rank them um in terms of number one quality so who who, who do you have top of your quality kind of measure
1: yeah i think it's without a doubt premier league
0: really equality yeah, yeah in quality wow, in terms okay. of
1: what you see week in, week out, easily say the Premier League. Um, I think, second, it might be a surprise, but I'd say Syria.
0: It's a surprise, wow, okay.
1: I think the past couple of seasons, as soon as a bit of money has been injected within Syria, everything's changed now because beforehand it was just Juventus, Juventus, Juventus.
0: Yeah, but do you think the quality, not necessarily the competitiveness, the quality of the players? The is quality there. of the players,
1: yeah. You see teams like uh, AC Milan last season, they've got good individual players, uh, quality as a team and how they've bonded to be the likes of Inter Milan, Juventus, and so on. I think I have to put Syria as a second uh, in terms third? of quality. Third, uh, it's a tough one, but I'd say La Liga. I think yeah. the quality of the players that they have, um, even if you're a mid-table team, you'll still have some quality players within that team.
0: Okay, so the other two, who do you have fourth and fifth? The two Farmers Leagues. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: have to say Bundesliga fourth and then La Liga and fifth. I think it's... Yeah, yeah, like um, I think with Ligue 1, I think mean, if you take PSG out the uh, the equation, I don't see any star teams that would compete really well within Europe. Mm-hmm. If you think about so it the that,
0: quality I, of the players there, you don't think Yeah, this, this like is I think
1: final. if you take PSG away, there's no one else that actually, yeah. Oh, you know. what? Yeah, maybe Marseille with a few signings that have made this summer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so so your ranking for quality is Premier League, Prem- Serie A, yeah, La Liga. Yeah. Bundesliga, Liga, interesting. So for me, for, well, me, for me, it's like this. I, uh, quality, if I'm, I'm talking about quality, how competitive a league is and etc. cetera doesn't come into the equation because we'll, we'll, come, we'll come on to that. For me, quality-wise, it's too generic, I know, but it is the Premier League. Yeah, for sure. Because of one thing. I look at the level of players that come into the Premier League and what teams they're going to and who they could have signed for or who they used to play for. Yeah, yeah. And it's elite Champions League level teams. There are Premier League teams, mid-table Premier League teams that are better than some teams that get into the Champions League. You know, I'm looking at Skamaka, who was in talks with PSG, signs for West Ham. I'm, you know, I'm talking about Rafinha, who was a top prospect at Rennes, comes to the Premier League at Leeds, uh, a promoter yeah. team, does okay, and now he's at Barcelona. The quality for me, number one, uh, Premise King, Premise King. Number two, I have to disagree with you. La Liga for me is, is, is there because of how... La Liga is a weird league where the, the quality rises to the top. So the, the good players always find themselves at Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico. And then I look at how them teams perform in Europe and they are always there in the final. They're always in the final. They're always in the semis. Europa League, Champions League, but, wherever it might mm, be. But then that's similar to Bayern Munich. But Bayern Munich's one team. Whereas with this, you're always seeing different teams that are i going to latter stages. That's my my reasoning for it. Um third, I'd agree with you, Serie A. Serie A's actually growing, like you said again. I'm, you know, you see a team like Roma when you see Dybala, the yeah. building. So it's quite competitive, but also the quality is quite high there. Tactically is maybe a different conversation, but quality wise, I'd agree with you. The final two leagues are very close. They are very, very close. I'm going to go with Ligue of Bundesliga. Oh my God. And for, for one simple reason, I think the amount of talent that comes through France as a league, I don't personally rate it that high, but I think it's still more than uh, the Bundesliga. So the talent that comes from lower half league and teams is still higher than the quality that comes out of a lower half Bundesliga teams. I think they're very close in terms yeah. of quality. But yeah, for me, for me I, I say Prem, La Liga, Serie A, uh, Liga and, and Bundesliga. Next, moving on to competitiveness. Now, this is an interesting one because I, I, I've, got, I've got an interesting point to come on to um, after you've given yours. But I want to hear from a competitive side, from small teams beating big teams and so on. Who do you think uh, is more competitive? Whether, whether the quality at the top and the bottom is maybe at the closest level.
1: Uh, I'd say more competitive, I think. We'd, I'd still stick to the Premier League. Second, currently, Syria is. I'd probably rank it as the second best.
0: Even in competitiveness? Yeah,
1: think about it. Uh, you've got Roma, Juventus, Enter, AC. All these teams that we grew up when you were younger and they were thriving. They're finally back in terms of competing against one another, not just. But don't you think that's a bit of a
0: nostalgia factor, maybe?
1: No, but yeah, in a way. But then it's also having teams that uh, you wouldn't think would do real well, like AC. And seeing them rise up again, it's it's kind of like a feel-good factor of like, oh, I used to grow up watching these guys. Third, uh, for me easily, uh, La Liga. I think you've got some quality teams in there. Um, real Madrid, Sevilla, Atletico, Villarreal and so on. I think you could possibly question it in terms of pushing towards second with syria but i think for me i think competitiveness idea yeah, i'd have to say la liga
0: who are you picking this time out of the bundesliga and the liga and then because i think most people would agree they are the least competitive but who would you put ahead of the other
1: I I still stick to the same point bundesliga first
0: um that's interesting that's interesting that you stayed the same for me um i have have a very interesting point on this and Shout out to Mr. Adam Patel. Um, I saw his tweet this weekend, and he was talking about I think it was after the the Chelsea defeat, and how the Premier League's never been um, as competitive as as this. And I think that's an example of recency bias because every season we say that we see a small team beat a big team or a result that go is quite you know it's like a shock, crazy, yeah. mm. and we say oh it's the most competitive it's ever been. I can remember way back to like ten years ago when Villa beat Liverpool seven two, and it was like this is the most competitive it's ever been. The reality isn't, isn't that with the Premier League. I want to focus on this point first before I come to my ranking. The competitiveness of a league is kind of measured at how its weakest link does. How the, the worst teams in the league performs uh, against the league as a whole rather than how the best team in the league does. Um, for that, I, I looked at the data myself. Yeah. Uh, I went and did my own kind of research into it and, and looked at the kind of the points per game required to stay up okay. since the start of the Premier League has been 30 years now. And, you know... The the findings kind of reflect my point, which is there's a gradual decrease every year and every kind of five year span. Looking at the amount of points needed, what that means, what that translates to, is that throughout the thirty years of the Premier League, every season, the bottom teams are taking less points from the better teams, which reflects a, a, a less competitive league. Yeah, and for that reason, I put the Premier League second. For me, La Liga now, La Liga right now, is the most competitive league. La Liga, Serie A and the Premier League are very similar in their competitiveness right now, in my opinion. I'm putting La Liga first because with La Liga, most teams kind of play a very similar style. Um, And what that means is the likelihood of teams beating each other is very high. With La Liga, you see examples of a team going to a Champions League quarterfinal... And then uh, half a decade later, getting relegated like Malaga, where there's almost kind of more equality within, within the league as a whole. And I think for me, that's why it's more competitive as a league rather than just kind of the, at the top. And that's why I have La Liga ahead of the Premier League and competitiveness, okay. I'll be honest. I think Interesting. Uh, competitively, the Premier League is not as good as it used to be. Third, I'm putting Syria. I I considered them putting them over the Premier League as well, but I think uh, Syria will go third for me. I think the the reason being is because you notice at the bottom, Syria, it's kind of the same clubs that kind of get promoted, get relegated almost every season. Um, but that's why, from a competitive point of view, have Syria there. And then I've got the Bundesliga and the league, and obviously at the bottom too. For me, they aren't competitive because of the nature of the league. One team kind of monopolizes the league if i had to put one ahead of the other um i'll agree with you on this i think the bundesliga definitely ahead of Mm. league N. um let's quickly come to our final ranking point which is entertainment forget how good the players are forget (laughs) how how competitive the league is you watching a game how entertained are you can be any team from the league not just the top team so entertainment rank them for me.
1: Again, yeah, man. Come, Come on, on, bro. You're a prem merchant. You gotta think about it. If I go watch West Ham versus Bournemouth, I'm more likely gonna see more
0: I'm goals. I'm sorry, bro. That sounds
1: dead. Yeah, no, it sounds it sounds fresh. I ain't gonna cap. But you would rather watch that than watching Real Sociedad versus Almera, like
0: some some dead teams. Okay, okay. So so you have the prem first. Who do you have second?
1: Uh second? Uh Second, I'd say it's a tough one again between Syria and. Uh, La Liga. Really? I think You're going through the
0: similar, I'd push, similar I'd push more
1: towards La Liga than Syria. I okay. Think, so you uh, got La
0: Liga second, third.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say third Syria, fourth. I'd probably say League One. I think reason being there's a lot of like you said, homegrown talents coming in. Um, a lot of ballers. Wow.
0: So, so you have the Bundesliga bottom.
1: Yeah. In terms wow. of something entertainment that you purely yeah. entertainment, really. Because me, I, I love to watch players. I've got flair and skill to them. Okay. I'd see more of that within Liga than I do with. But then the you German you said Bournemouth
0: Liga. West Ham it doesn't kind of equal out.
1: fly you got my boy Saeed bin rahman man playing for West Ham man Come Fair
0: on. enough for me for me I uh, this is the shocker for me I was shocked by that because I have Bundesliga first bro. Oh my I, Lord, have you seen a Bundesliga bro. game?
1: Yes I have. There's like bro, that, there's there's goals, a lot of goals
0: goals every single game. You yeah have but like if you're three, a neutral four, fan five goals that's what's entertaining. Okay, if, if you're that's a neutral fan yeah. Loads of goals. Vibes. Right, think about the stress. Bundesliga is incredible. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. talking about as a neutral though. But then, yeah,
1: you, you've got teams like Bayern Munich winning 7-0.
0: Like yeah, Bayern I know, but weekend. that's what I said. A random game, not necessarily with the top team.
1: Would I see that in the bottom For me, team, honestly,
0: really? bro. Uh, Bundesliga. I'm watching five goals a game. Give me that, bro. Give me that. Second, I have uh, the Prem. I, I think with the Prem, it's not necessarily that there's always goals, but there's always that, that kind of tenacity, that kind of, energy about yeah. any, any any opponent um whatever the game um third um i'm gonna put syria syria gets a bad bad rep for 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 you know good defending all of goals but more recently i've really been enjoying enjoying the quality of, of some of the football being played especially if Allegri isn't managing that game then oh my uh, Lord. <laughs> it's a great game to watch um and then i'm putting la liga i think la liga is very good i think in terms of entertainment now football is very close all over. but if i had to rank them mm. I'm, i might put la liga there just because um a lot of the games are very tactical and then i'm putting liga in at the bottom i kind of agree with with your assessment is that uh entertainment isn't always there obviously this is just our opinion comment below uh, let us know what you think give us your rankings for each league and where you would rank them Well, Simon, moving on from from football. Uh, We talked enough, I think, about football. Moving on, next on the agenda, we have uh, breaking NBA news today. The Brooklyn Nets have announced that KD will be staying on this year and has rescinded his uh, transfer request. The following statement was released by Sean Marks, the general manager. Steve Nash, I, together with Joe Tsai. Uh, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles yesterday. We have agreed to move towards our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, build the lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. There was literally talk earlier this week of of teams like the Grizzlies interested in in Durant. But now it seems, Osama, that he's going to be staying at the Nets for this season at least. That's good. The Nets officially running it back with KD, Ben Simmons. And Kyrie. But there seems to be still questions about whether Kyrie will still be there. I hope he
1: does. What are I your thoughts on,
0: first of all, KD, KD staying? Do you think it's the right decision for him? Um, and what are your thoughts about the Nets for this season?
1: I think, um, as KD, I think he's, he's happy to stay. I wouldn't say happy to stay. I think he's, he's probably got no other options. Brooklyn, he knows that he would get top five easily within the East. So... I think it, it's a no-brainer for him to stay, maybe because there's no other options where teams can come in and maybe trade or players or certain picks for him. As a, a Brooklyn Nets fan, uh, I'd have to say...
0: Uh, or a Kyrie hope, fan, let's be yes, honest.
1: Hey, you got to see two ballers, KD and Kyrie, running it together. So, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, and obviously adding Ben Simmons to that uh, mix as well, we'll see him finally gearing up for the Nets um, and seeing what he can do for them. We never know with his, his defensive output, you never know he might be able to contribute something different uh, to what so. they've had before. It, my, issue, my issue with KD staying there is what, what realistic chances there of, of them fighting for a, a, for a chip? Because I look at them, the Boston Celtics are only going to get better with another year of, of development. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks are hurt how their season ended, they're gonna want that crown back for sure. uh The 76ers now still a lot of questions about them, but a lot of people argue they're still better than than Brooklyn. For me, I I respect his decision to stay. I don't know what kind of assurances that the Nets have given him to kind of decide uh, to stay. Maybe one of them was that they trade Kyrie. That's that's the the question for me personally is. Was Kyrie leaving one of the assurances that the Nets have given um, KD? If so, it's a question of how they replace him. Um, The Westbrook trade is a red flag. I don't think they're going to be doing that. So for me, there are more questions than answers now. Um, What assurances are there. Will he actually be able to challenge? But at least it gives the Nets back office a bit more peace of mind that they don't need to go around the NBA chasing a a deal for for KD or for for a lot of their Mm. roster. I'll be interesting to see when they run it back, how they do. Where do you think uh, their their kind of ceiling is? If I was to ask you now, how far do you think they can go as currently assembled? Uh, where are you putting them? Are you putting them in the first round, second round, or all the way to the finals, for example? Uh, where, where do you have them?
1: Uh, I probably, say as a, as a Nets fan, I'd be happy to see them go past the second round. I think that's. Uh, so
0: you you think they can make? Do you think they can make a conference final then? Uh,
1: I'd say if all the players are fit. I'd, I'd I'd say it's possible to push for it, but I wouldn't say it's yeah, it's a uh, it's something that they could actually push. Uh would stick to second.
0: So second round exit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting because obviously that's the best that they've had so far. The question other than the Kyrie KD stuff is obviously Ben Simmons. I think if Ben Simmons manages to uh comfortably fit in and, and kind of take his name to the next level and not overthink his shooting and so on. He's got shooters around him now. He, that, he should feel comfortable with that at least. He but, needs to improve, yeah. Yeah, so he's mm. got obviously shooters around him. So if he, if he kind of takes that stress off his back, potentially we might see something good from Ben Simmons. Finally, Osama, let's have a quick chat about the boxing over the weekend. I think we both obviously watched the fight, uh, the big, big heavyweight fight between uh, Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk uh, in Jeddah. My thoughts on the fight, I'll go first this time. Yeah. I think, for me, Anson Joshua performed a lot better than he did in the last fight. The last fight, he looked 100%. like he was, he was just a shade of himself. Yeah. He definitely performed a lot better. I had him maybe winning after nine rounds. That ninth round, he should have got the knockout. Should have uh, pushed forward, yeah. But yeah. in them last three rounds, Usyk just kind of ended the, the conversation. Mm. Um, and deservedly was the winner on the night yeah it's it was a tough one to take for AJ you could tell that I was impressed with how he performed up until that point he he surprised me I I love Anthony Joshua I'm a Joshua fan but I had question marks on obviously stylistically how he matches up with Usyk but yeah how how did you see the fight
1: I think still being an AJ fan I always put Usyk first I thought Usyk is an incredible boxer technically technically he's got everything um in terms of having the the raw side of boxing as well as the smart side where Usyk for me uh, he's just he's, he's like a different breed fresh uh meat i think within the boxing itself and now that obviously he's beaten joshua i think everyone's going to come wanting these bolts off him
0: yeah but to be fair he he was undisputed at, at cruiserweight he went in with a lot of expectation to the heavyweight division i think a lot of people stylistically thought he would he would kind of be good against Joshua. Do you think he's got that dog in him? Yeah. Do you think he? Do you think he's someone that now can can kind of dominate for a while?
1: I think the answer to that question depends if he fights Fury or not. If he fights yeah. Fury, then that's something. Obviously, we as boxing fans would love to see. Yeah, it. I'd
0: love to see that. That was like uh, if Fury not, fight. if
1: because I think Fury came out um, with an Instagram video saying that yeah he's he's coming out of retirement and so on. And yeah, I think to be fair, that was always yeah whoever won. <laughs> But yeah, I think it, it heavily depends on whether he fights Fury next or he starts doing the rounds within...
0: He's going to have to at some point start defending the belts rather than winning the next one like AJ kind of got frustrated at doing. Um, for AJ specifically though, okay. where do you think he goes from this? Because uh, in a weird way, I think this might work out well for him that he can start fighting for the love of the fighting rather than uh, chasing the belts. But it is a mark against his legacy, yeah, obviously. Sure. Where do you think he, he goes from here?
1: He goes back to basics now, I think, for me. I think a lot of British and UK fans that, that have grown to love watching AJ, I think they've, they've loved him majority of the time for his knockout blows, his quick finishes in terms of early on with the rounders. His
0: personality as well. I think that's yeah, a big yeah, part yeah, of it. Yeah, for sure.
1: But I think, yeah, he needs to go back to basics in terms of finishing opponents in the earlier rounds. Because like he said himself, he's not a 12th round boxer. That that outburst was no, very weird. That, I know yeah. he explained it, obviously emotional mm. and stuff.
0: But I think you got to keep your emotions check. But you can tell he was hurt. You can tell he was hurt, like emotionally, by by that loss.
1: Emotionally, yeah. But I think as, as a boxer, that was uh, and as a professional, that's a bit uh, disrespectful to Usyk. Yeah, he was confused. The, yeah, throwing the bolts, questioning how Yusik won him. I think because I think watching the video again, uh, him in the ring, I think he was more disappointed within his team. Uh, and how they set him up. Because since his loss, he, sh- he went to go shake everyone's hand. It didn't go once to his team. I think for him not to go back to his team just shows that, you know, I've lost trust in that team, even though I've just got a new coach and uh, I've changed my style now. He-, he performed really well compared to his first fight. But yeah, I
0: think... The, the, the frustration for me within the fight was he kind of, it felt like he was holding back. There was a lot of times yeah. where he was almost like, he was scared to take the punch. Like there was a, in the ninth round when he had Usyk shaking. Yeah, it is disappointing, and mm. let's hope he can kind of find find himself again. Uh, maybe fight a couple of fights against um, other opponents with no belts on the line. See how he can perform, and maybe potentially down the line, I would still love to see the the Fury AJ fight. I think for British boxing, that's one yeah. that has to happen. We can't have a, another example of an Emir mm. Khan Calbrook yeah. scenario where the fight doesn't happen True. Uh, until yeah, I agree they're with both it. finished. Mm um yeah but yeah tyson fury yeah, is still the best in the world comfortably yeah right how start. that Usyk mm. fury fight i think it will happen how it goes Hopefully. will definitely be something interesting to see that wraps this week's episode of the two half show thank you sama for joining me my bro thank you for having me man. and thank you guys for joining us on this episode don't forget to leave your comments subscribe Uh, and let us know your opinions on what we've discussed and anything that you would like us to discuss in future episodes thank you Isama, thank you guys we'll see you on next week until then, keep it locked